Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in everybody. Great to have you with us uh, here. It is the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Patrick Johnson. Uh, we got uh, Clark Willis and Chris Cookie Cook producing the uh, show today. Good morning or good afternoon or good whatever the hell it is to you gentlemen. It just feels like morning right now. I swear it's not the morning. I swear it's not the morning when we uh, when we are uh, rocking this. Uh, Brian Mull's going to be with us coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Molly is the... Uh, Golf writer uh, extraordinaire, so we're going to talk about the Wells Fargo, which is going on right now out at Quell Hollow in Charlotte. Uh, nice field there. Uh, a lot of uh, dissatisfaction this morning. I've got the Cornet Face t-shirt on. A lot of Pirate fans are making the Cornet Face after the uh, frustrating 2-1 loss last night to uh, UNC. We'll have a Pirate report coming, uh, coming up for you in just a little bit. Uh, no show yesterday because of ECU and uh, North Carolina baseball. Uh, as we told you Tuesday, that the North Carolina High School Athletic Association uh, board was going to uh, essentially uh, pass this name, image, and likeness for high schools. And that's what they did. So uh, now... Beginning July 1st, high school athletes in the state of North Carolina for that are play at public schools and charter schools uh, will be able to get brand deals and endorsements. And there's some some things with that that uh, certain businesses they can't associate with. They'll be suspended for 60 days if they are in violation of anything. They don't fail if they fail to report. Must report. Must report to uh, your school and, and to the uh, the state officials. Uh, coaches can't act as agents, but we all know in some cases that's going to happen. And uh, so this is this is going on. There's a lot of twists and turns to this, and it's even evolving right now as we speak this afternoon. But uh, we yesterday on Talk of the Town, I was hosting for uh, Henry Hinton, who was out of town, and uh, we we had Rob Maloney, who's the director of athletics for uh, Pitt County. So, Cookie, I'm going to throw you a curve here. We actually need to play cut two here first. Uh, and this is Rob Maloney kind of telling us what led to this whole thing coming about because it really seemed like it came out of the blue with the High School Athletic Association, which is notorious for moving like a glacier when it comes to doing things that make sense or, or common sense improvements. It takes them forever to get these things implemented. This happened just like this. So Rob Maloney, again, director of athletics, Pitt County School, used to be the AD and basketball coach for the boys at Conley, talked about what kind of brought this about. Cut two, two cookie, hit it. the trends that have, have really pushed this is, believe it or not, in many states in the country, um, athletic associations have been losing lawsuits where teenagers uh, in high school – have gone to court saying that they're not being allowed to use their own personal name or likeness, and they have actually come away with wins and victories in the legal system. So that's one of the things that's pushing it, as well as there have been, been other situations where, again, in other states, where athletes have chosen to leave and, and go to either you know different states where they did have NILs, or it may be one of those situations where a state association like ours did not allow it, but maybe the private schools did. 
And then so a lot of the student-athletes started jumping ship and going different places. Two of the All right, so that is uh, Rob Maloney there. Now, this next one is a lengthy cut. It's like a minute and 40 seconds, but Maloney goes into the concerns that he has heard from his colleagues in the business, and this was all yesterday prior to this passing, just really minutes before it passed. This was Rob Maloney on Talk of the Town from Wednesday talking about the concerns with NIL amongst people in the uh, prep athletics community. Hit it. The majority of the athletic directors that I've spoken to and even system athletic directors uh, are, are very concerned. Um, you know, let, let's be honest. Um, the high school athletic situation right now is not what we were used to in the 80s and the 90s. The days of the traditional community high school, uh, even right here in Pitt County, again, you have, you have five open enrollment high schools. You use, you use the term magnet schools. We have, um, charter schools who are publicly funded and treated just like our public high schools are here in, in Pitt County. You know, uh, a, a charter school has every, um, benefit that J. Trose High School does. And, and, you know, you have open enrollment. Our, our, our schools again in Pitt County are already different. And, um, so it's, it's, it's an ever changing, evolving situation as it is minus the NIL. And, and I, so the reason I say that to you, Patrick, is to say that, you know, most of our athletic administrators, administrators share the concern that this is going to bring on, uh, heavier <laughs> workloads from a standpoint of, um, people, you know, being influenced. Uh, now, I will tell you a big piece of this from the NCHSAA, obviously, is going to be the educational piece. And um, all athletes, uh, athletic directors, and parents will have to go through the, the educational process. There will be required courses moving forward. There's going to be uh, a, an accountability uh, process that's going to be set up where it's going to have to be run through not only the local school level but to the, the state level as well. All right, so that is Rob Maloney from uh, earlier. And that is where I think this is really problematic. I mean, the NCAA is having a hard enough time wrapping its arms around this. Yes, I know they're compliance people at different colleges and universities, but those are athletic departments in a lot of cases with enormous budgets, especially at the highest levels. So they can go hire people to be full-time NIL compliance people. You can't fill positions within the school system right now in Pitt County or, or even other school systems in North Carolina. You're having a hard time hiring teachers and other administrative uh, people in some case. Maybe not so much administrative, but certainly teachers. So you're going to have to create somehow, I would assume, somebody to be compliance at the school, or you have to add on duties to somebody who's already probably got a full plate. I mean, this is it just seems so poorly thought out and fraught with peril that I, I can't imagine this is going to go smoothly. So North Carolina becomes one of 27 states to implement this policy, but not so fast because hours after the NCHSAA board approved the NIL, members of the North Carolina Senate passed a bill that would block the change from taking place. This bill would only allow the State Board of Education to set NIL agreements 
for high school athletes. Now, there's probably some devil in the details on that. I, I don't necessarily like. I, I'm still kind of. I don't. I'm not sure. I need state government running high school athletics in in, in North Carolina. I'm, I'm still. I'm probably more for that than other people are that I talk to about it, but I, I really don't know if I'm for that yet. So I don't know if I like the State Board of Education being the entity that can decide whether an athlete makes you know any money for their name, image, and likeness. Now, from that standpoint, I side with the athletes. I don't think a state board should be meddling in a, in a kid's ability to make money. Although I think this whole concept for high school athletics is just silly. So earlier today on Talk of the Town, Senator Jim Perry, who represents uh, Lenore, Beaufort, and Craven counties, uh, so counties in our listening area that are picking up our show on radio right now. Of course, we're worldwide on the app. We're worldwide on the streaming platforms and what have you. But uh, Senator Perry, this morning on Talk of the Town with Henry Hinton, Big Hen was back talked about the General Assembly's role in what this could lead to as far as the NCHSA and NIL. I think they, they went too far. North Carolina is a Dillon rule state. That means unless the state has given a, a like a county or municipality express authority to do something in statute, they don't have the authority to do it. Uh, I don't think they have the authority to do what they did. We certainly don't intend for them to have that authority. Uh, it will continue to be addressed uh, by the General Assembly, and um, we'll we'll see if we can't get the stuff cleaned up. So there you go. We'll see if uh, we can uh, we can't get this stuff cleaned up. There you have it. We'll see. Indeed. All right. Um, Pirates lose a tough one last night, two to one. Here is uh, our pirate report for you. As we'll hear some post game comments from last night from Cliff Godwin. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Coach Godwin's opening statement following uh, last night's setback to the Tar Heels. The majority... Yeah, it's a game of inches, you know. Uh, we need to win one or two more pitches offensively. We didn't do that, and then... You know, in the sixth inning, we uh, don't make a play out there right behind shortstop, and uh, we were passive, which that makes me sick. You know, I just want our guys to be aggressive, and if you make a mistake, have an aggressive mistake. And then the next guy bloops one into right field, um, which we got a glove on it, but we didn't make a play. Um, it was a tough play, but if you're going to win, you know, one-run ball games, you got to do that. So I thought our pitching was great. Um, their pitching was really good, too, and it was a tough day to hit. But game inches, Coach. He was talking to uh, Coach O there on the ECU Sports Radio Network. Uh, Coach Godwin talked in more detail about that pitching uh, that the Pirates got on Wednesday night. Yeah, I thought everybody passed the ball and did a good job. Uh, you know, Landon Ginn uh, had the, the worst luck because uh, the, the, he was the guy that gave up the two blue pits, which one of them was an error and then the other one was a blue pit. He did what he was supposed to do, and Jake Hunter did what he was supposed to do. Spivey did what he was supposed to do. Shinkman did what he was supposed to do. And Sailor gave us a great start. So that was good to see. Yeah, Sailor was great going in uh, to the fifth inning. Uh, four innings, walked the first batter he faced, only walk of the game. And uh, then he was uh, lifted. And, uh, you know, I thought 
by and large, the way that Coach Godwin handled the bullpen in that game was appropriate uh, as far as, uh, as he said, passing the ball and piecing it together. Uh, UNC was just better. Now, keep in mind, UNC threw their two front-line guys last night. Um, Pence, big-time reliever for them out of the pen. They started uh, a guy who's been their Friday night starter in Beauvais, and then Carlson was the guy who started against ECU. He's had a bit of a tough luck run, but, I mean, his stuff's really good. He was excellent last night. And he was the guy that held ECU at bay in the first matchup with the Tar Heels in Greenville until Pirates got into the bullpen. And they, they don't have a game this, any games this weekend. They're in the exam break right now. Yesterday was their reading day. So the Pirates, I think, had one guy that needed to finish up exams. And then the team was taken off and going to Cincinnati today. So, uh, you know, a little bit of a different situation. Beauvais, I thought he'd go a little longer in the game, only threw 50 pitches. He was going on four days rest. But uh, the pitching for both sides was really, really uh, excellent in this uh, in this game. Uh, more from Coach Godwin here. He says the team will be ready to go on Friday night. Yeah, we, uh, you know, all of our guys were done with the exams today, except uh, Eric Richie's got one tomorrow. So this is the best time to play baseball. You don't have any school. And uh, we'll get up in the morning. We'll head to Cincinnati. We'll get a practice in, and we'll be ready to go on Friday night. Yeah, you heard Coach there. It was uh, Richie, and that was comments from last night after the game. So Richie taking that exam today, and the Pirates moving on. Uh, this is uh, Coach Godwin on the uh, relief appearance, three innings strong from Carter Spivey last night, who the Pirates have mo- uh, moved back to that familiar role he was in last year at the bullpen. There's some people out there that uh, you know think that's a negative thing for him, but he actually wanted that because he wanted to get back to having an aggressive mentality and that's what he is right there. So he pitched great. Um, actually, landing in pitched great. We just didn't help him out defensively. Uh, Jake Hunter pitched great. Of course, Sailor gave us a great start. And uh, Sheikman was really good at the end as well. All right, uh, more from uh, last night's post game. This is Coach G with uh, an update on Trey Savage's status. He is uh, feeling good. Uh, he's going to get off the mound tomorrow, and he might be available on Sunday. And that would be out of the bullpen. That's not the start. Coach uh, also clarified that. This is Coach Godwin who says the team did what they needed to do, but uh, things did not work out in their favor. Yep, I mean, it's a uh, good look at his splits. He's really good against lefties. That's why uh, pinch hit Nate and, uh, you know, in the baseball, Nate smokes the ball and it's just right at the third baseman. So Nate did what he was supposed to do. It just didn't work out in our favor. <clears throat> And uh, Coach Godwin with a little bit of a longer uh, cut here talking about uh, the team just needs to simply make more plays to win a game like last night because that, that was a very, very much a postseason feel about the pace of the game, the quality of pitching of the game. Pirates just need to make some more plays according to Cliff Godwin. I mean, did, you, did you see the flag like it wasn't yeah. good for either team? You know, it's hard. To, it's really tough conditions and blowing in, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour. Uh, should we have been a little bit better offensively? Absolutely. But really tough for both teams. But I thought our pitching was outstanding. Uh, we went a couple more pitches offensively. It's a game of inches, the sixth inning there. Uh, you know, we have an air out there in the outfield. And then uh, the next guy bloops the ball in. And Cunningham gets a glove on it but doesn't make a play. So, uh, you know, you got to make those plays. You're gonna, you're gonna win that type of game. Gonna make those plays, and um, you know we just didn't do enough to win. And you know, kudos to them; they pitched really good as well. So uh, you know we were just a little bit short. 
So the Pirates will head to Cincinnati. It is uh, that wonky thing in the American final year of it, thank God, that uh, has uh, designated opponents play each other twice, and it's always been ECU and Cincinnati since UConn split from the American. Pirates swept uh, Cincinnati back in uh, April, uh, even uh, beat them in a run rule game, So uh, a couple of them, in fact. So, uh, you know, Pirates have got to go in there and sweep. I know there's a lot of uh, talk and chatter going into the game last night. D1 Baseball had both these teams, East Carolina and North Carolina, uh, playing in uh, Conway, South Carolina at the Coastal Regional. Uh, I think Maine was in there as well. There was also one uh, from Baseball America that had the Pirates and Heels in the same uh, region as well. And I think that was the South Carolina re- or the Columbia Regional with South Carolina as the top seed. So, you know, right now the Pirates are the two seed in both of those. We'll see if maybe they flip uh, in the projections. Uh, whenever they're updated, but uh, obviously East Carolina's got uh, to, from here on out, take care of some business. Um, you know, I don't think it's one of those deals where they're on a bubble or anything. The RPI's too high, and they've had too much success. They've just had a couple bad weeks. But, you know, you've got to win from here on out in order to get the best seed possible. And, and there's still a possibility East Carolina could host. I mean, they, they have a lot of road ahead of them. They do control that in their own destiny, as we kind of saw last year. But you got to be really, really good down the stretch, if not maybe perfect, pretty darn close. And I think winning the conference tournament down in Clearwater would be an absolute must to get that done. All right. Uh, it is uh, our Patrick Johnson show. Uh, we've had a great run of uh, shows this week from our friend Stephen Igo. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow talking some uh, – Pirate Basketball on the Hoist the Colors program. Uh, He'll be there tomorrow or be here tomorrow at noon, uh, and you can listen to that on 94.3 The Game every weekday at noon or uh, on the IBX media app. If you miss it, we uh, have the show's archived there. Uh, Big first segment, Pirate fans have a lot of gripes. I have a gripe or two. We'll see if the guys have a gripe or two because we'll do a little hold my beer when we get back. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold my t-shirt all day today all day today all day uh and that's kind of the uh the hold my beer deal right um can't hear patrick let me see i hear you cookie <laughs> i could say the whole ordeal here would be a hold my beer but uh it's fine um <laughs> Um, Don't do that. You, you know where my you know where my hold your my, hold my beer is today, and I may need a beer after this. You know where my hold my beer is today is we are dealing with a warranty because we just you know we built a house a year ago uh, in this development, 
and um, it is we, we there's things that happen when you build a house. There's a warranty and all that, and we've had uh, an issue that we've had to get corrected, and we're dealing with our eighth person from the builder on this, and so maybe that's why I'm a little punchy today. A lack of sleep from last night and uh, being a little punchy after meeting with the uh, the warranty person. You're a little feisty today, I'll say that. I'm a little ir- irked, yeah. I think that might be what it is. This isn't helping. But this, but this, I think, I think, I think this has something more to do with, um, with the, uh, with the, 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 the lady I was dealing with earlier today. My wife was on the call too and she, she knew to get out of the way today. All right. Um, Cookie, you've done a few of these Hold My Beers before. I have indeed, So that's yes. my Hold My Beer. So hold, what is your Hold My Beer today? My Hold My Beer is, I'm going to partly blame it on me, but uh, the weather, as we know, it's spring. It's getting a little warmer out, right? Yeah. My car does not have AC in it. <laughs> okay. And uh, it, let's just say it has been really annoying driving in these, especially with the rain. It's been really know, annoying driving in these conditions with no AC. Doesn't. I'll say that. It's been very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. That's Cookie's boy. That's Cookie's boy. There. Uh, There's been some obscenities yelled uh, over the AC not working, yes. You know, uh, so when I moved to Orlando, I want to make this about me, Cookie. So when I went to Orlando uh, and worked, I had a I had a Jeep, and it was left up here to have some work done to it. So I was given, I was gifted a car, and I took it down to okay. Orlando, and I was going to come back and get it at Christmas. Which that never materialized, but that's a whole other story. But this car had no air conditioning, so I went through two Orlando summers cookie oh a whole without any summers. air con- yes without any air conditioning Price. in the car God. it was a case of swamp ass every day oh god it was brutal clark you have some fart noise for that <laughs> <laughs> that was the least of my worries with that all right. Uh, well, Cookie, you gotta. It's either time to get a new ride or, or get that address because yeah, it's only going to yeah. get hotter. It's getting hot. All right, that's an interesting hold my beer. Um, Clark, you've never played hold hold my beer. No, so I. So what is your hold my? Oh. What is? <laughs> no, what is? My. And you might not after this one. Who knows? So basically, if uh, what is? If I yes, if, what is your hold my beer? It's, it's kind of it's whatever you want. It could be a grievance about a sports team. It doesn't even have to be a grievance. It could oh. be just, you know, an observation. Whatever you want, Clark. My grievance. Hold my beer. My grievance for today is I shouldn't No, no, be... you got to say hold my beer. Oh, hold, you got to say hold, hold my, my beer. beer. Hold my beer. Yes. Somebody, whatever it is, my gripe is I probably shouldn't be here today. I should be at home. <laughs> what? <laughs> I shouldn't be at home. Um, what? I'll circle back on that one. <laughs> I, I, what is that about? Oh, no, Look it's Friday. Put I'm, I guess when it comes to Fridays, I'm in go-home mode. Uh, it's Friday? What's well, it's, well, it's the Friday of the show because we don't have a show tomorrow because of oh baseball. Oh, my God. It's Thursday. Thursday. Wow. Yes, it is. That's See, my, this explains wow. why Clark is more flighty than normal today. Wow. He's been I'm, walking around all day thinking it's Friday. Oh, my. He's been a week. He's <laughs> been a week. That's Clark, was like the we- Clark was like, the weekend is here, <laughs> yeah. baby. I'm ready to get this weekend started. And I wouldn't have shown up tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I mean, after I go show tomorrow, you're fine. 
Oh, that's right. So much. We don't to have do? a show tomorrow. Oh my god! Yeah, you got a kind of like a three day weekend. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> never, never mind, guys. It's going to be my birthday Sunday, and neither one of you have wished me happy birthday. I, I, today. Where's but the party? Mind. At? Whoa, whoa! Where's the party at? I rely oh, on. No hey, party. Facebook didn't announce it's, that it was your birthday weekend, so it doesn't really count. No, it's, <laughs> it doesn't, it really doesn't count. count. It won't happen until that day. <laughs> That's right. By the way, Cookie, awful face. Cookie, Cookie, dying to be on camera, but forgets he's on camera. When I was talking about my birthday, Cookie just with the worst look on his face, just the worst. Like, oh, that <laughs> what? Guy. That guy. Just a bad look, Cookie. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm giving Cookie a hard time here in this segment. So, uh, Cookie, you ready for an update? I am. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Hang on. New guy alert. Here 94.3 The Game Sports Update brought to you by the new IBX Media app. Download it now for free on the App Store and on Google Play. North Carolina won a low-scoring affair over number 14 East Carolina Wednesday evening, picking up a 2-1 victory in front of 5,991 fans at Clark LeClaire Stadium. The Pirates out-hit the Tar Heels, but ECU was just 1-for-5 with runners in scoring position. Here's what Coach Cliff Godwin said after the game. Yeah, it's a game of inches, you know. Uh, we need to win one or two more pitches offensively. We didn't do that, and then, you know, in the sixth inning, we uh, don't make a play out there right behind shortstop, and uh, we were passive, which that makes me sick. You know, I just want our guys to be aggressive, and if you make a mistake, have an aggressive mistake. And then the next guy loops one into right field, um, which we got a glove on it, but we didn't make a play. Um, it was a tough play, but if you're going to win, you know, one-run ball games, you got to do that. So I thought our pitching was great. Um, their pitching was really good, too, and it was a tough day to hit. But game inches, Coach. The Pirates leave today for Cincinnati, where they'll take on the Bearcats in a three-game series this weekend. The East Carolina lacrosse team is in Philadelphia for the AAC lacrosse tournament against number 8 Florida. The semifinal matchup will begin no earlier than 7.15 p.m. After the conclusion of Game 1, six members of East Carolina lacrosse team have earned All-American Athletic Conference honors. East Carolina University Director of Athletics John Gilbert has announced a restructuring in the men's and women's golf program with the promotion of Kevin Williams as the Director of Golf. Williams, who returned to ECU in June of 2021 as the men's head coach, will also oversee the women's program as the full-time head coach and owns a combined 24-plus years of head coaching experience at his alma mater. Williams started the East Carolina women's program from scratch in the fall of 2000. A couple of days after posting on social media, within a sense, a plea to be picked up by an NFL team, ECU football receiver Isaiah Winstead tweeted out on Thursday that he has officially signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Congratulations, Isaiah Winstead. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association approved a policy that would allow high school athletes to get name, image, and likeness deals. With brand deals and endorsements, athletes would have to let schools and state leaders know about any deals that they strike. If they fail to do that, they would get a 60-day suspension. Athletes wouldn't be able to work with controversial businesses like gambling sites, tobacco products, or adult entertainment. Coaches would also be banned from acting as a student's agent. It's said to be implemented starting in July. North Carolina is now one of 27 states to implement this policy. 
And finally, the Carolina Hurricanes began the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs with a statement win. Carolina rushed in the New Jersey Devils 5 to 1 in game 1 of their best of 7 Eastern Conference final, oh, excuse me, Eastern Conference semifinal series. The Canes take a 1 to 0 lead. The two teams will return to the ice tomorrow night in Raleigh for game 2. That'll do it for your 943 the game sports update. The sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an IO initiative directly supporting Pirate student athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson show with an interview with golf writer Brian Mole on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Back in on the Patrick Johnson show with you today. Thanks for being with us uh, here. Major event going on in our state as far as uh, the PGA Tour goes. At Quell Hollow, it's the Wells Fargo Championship. When we talk golf, we turn to our guy, Brian Mull, who is with us. Golf writer at large, at BG Mull on Twitter. Follow him there. Let's go to the port city of of Wilmy World, where Brian Mull is standing by. Hello, Mully. Hello, Patrick. How are you today? Thank you for taking uh, some time with us uh, here. Hey, before we get into the Wells Fargo, I want to start with... uh, you know, the news about our great friend Kevin Williams. He's going to be kind of the, the czar of golf in Greenville and kind of oversee the men's and women's programs. And in my mind, this makes a lot of sense because Kevin at heart is a teacher and Mike Cato is still going to be involved. And there's some detail, details on that. And you know Cato for a long time. I mean, there's no better instructor probably in the eastern part of the state than Mike Cato. So, uh, Pretty pretty innovative move, I think, for ECU golf, and it allows Kevin to kind of be with the players on both sides more and dedicate more of his time to practicing with them. I think that's great. Yeah, this is a great move for Kevin, for East Carolina. It's coaching not only the men's team but the women's team through the years and uh, overseeing there to try to lift both programs up. Certainly, I'm sure we'll have a hand in recruiting and just uh, scheduling, which are uh, both vital parts of any coach's responsibility. And then, as you mentioned, he's an excellent teacher with his background as a PGA professional and someone who can uh, be hands-on and really help uh, the ECU golfers reach their potential. So it sounds like a home run there for for the ECU golf programs, and uh, I would expect uh, success to follow in in the coming years. We're talking with our guy Brian Mull uh, with us uh, here, golf writer. If you're with us on our video platforms, our new IBX Media uh, app and 94.3 The Game where you can uh, stream video as well, or on uh, any of the uh, TV or other platforms, Brian has read every one of those books behind you. He's probably read them twice <laughs> on his bookshelf there. He's, he's read every one of those books. Uh, our pal Brian Moles with us here. All right, uh, Wells Fargo is uh, going on out in Charlotte. This is always a fun event. Uh, pretty big field, a lot of money on the line, $20 million, uh purse. Uh, Kevin Strillman got off to a good start this morning. Several other golfers did. We're in the... Uh, Kind of back half of the afternoon wave is still uh, out there right now. So what are the conditions like early on uh, for Quail Hollow, and what can we expect? Because the weather is really idealistic in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, the weather's ideal. I think the course was a little soft from some of the rain over the weekend uh, in the early part of the week, but then perfect drying conditions on Tuesday and Wednesday with the sun being out and the wind blowing uh, 15, 20 miles an hour. So I think the golf course is, is really rounding into championship form. It will firm up this afternoon, continue to, and I think through the week. So, so the players who got out Thursday morning had an opportunity to kind of take advantage of some good scoring conditions. And, um, you know, I, I expect with this caliber of field, you'll see the top players kind of rise to the top. Uh, Quail Hollow is, is a course that is very demanding. It's very long. It's a big boy ballpark. You have to be a, a longer hitter off the tee and really be uh, proficient with your mid to long irons. And, of course, the greens there are, are typically some of the best, fastest on the PGA Tour uh, during the year. I've heard a couple of the caddies uh, mention that they were perfect which is what you've come to expect there. So uh, it's shaping up really to be a nice, uh, a nice weekend as uh, the Wells Fargo enjoys its designated event status uh, in the first year of that format on the PGA tour. Max Homa's out there uh, as well. He's the defending champ. He was out there early on this morning uh, as well. Then you have Tony Finau, who's hoping to earn a second uh, win. We'll talk a little more about him. Uh, Speeds in this field, uh, your guy Xander Shoffley, I think, is in the uh, field as well. So, I mean, there's some there's some guys that could go out and go low on you uh, in in this field this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Rory McIlroy has kind of made uh, Quail yeah. Hollow his pl- his playground through the years. Um, won his first PGA Tour event there, and also won it there again in 2021. Uh, he's the odds-on favorite. It's been kind of an uneven season for Rory to this point. When you look at, uh, you know, he had a chance there at Bay Hill, but missed the cut in both the Players and the Masters, and. I'm disappointed by that, and this is his first appearance since Augusta, so I'm sure he's uh, ready to to have a good week and, and build towards the PGA Championship at Oak Hill in a couple of weeks. We got uh, Brian Mull with us uh, here, uh, golf writer at BG Mull on Twitter, Quail Hollow, the uh, site of the Wells Fargo going on in the uh, great state of Mecklenburg this uh, weekend, everything getting underway today. Uh, Mull is uh, on the line with us uh, here as we talk uh, golf uh, with uh, him. So Tony Finau last week, I mean, you know, didn't knock off, uh, well, in a way he slayed the dragon because John Rahm was hot on his heels. Uh, now, this wasn't probably the caliber of field we're seeing this weekend in Charlotte last weekend, but I mean, that was, Tony Finau's another one of those guys, Brian, and, and, and just give me an idea of who else do you think is in this this class or this group that is yet to break through at a at a major but is going to win some tournaments, maybe needs to do it in a big boy field. Yeah, Finau, I think he's 32 years old now. Uh, he has experience. He's been on the tour six or seven years. We, everybody could see this, the natural talent, and, and he's such a great guy and such a, a hard worker that everybody expected this from him. And now he's learning how to win, and, and when he does win, uh, his last four or five victories, he's won by an average margin of four shots. So he really knows how to put the hammer down when his game is firing. Uh, there, there are a number of guys who, who are kind of in that next tier. We focus on the big three of Rahm and Scheffler, and if you want, they McElroy in there. But when you look beyond that, guys like Xander Schauffele, uh, who won a couple of times last year, uh, who's a consistent top 20 finisher, who has played well in majors. It's time for him to to kind of take that next step. I think Max Homa is another guy who's proven that he can win on some 
difficult golf courses against strong fields, but uh, hasn't played particularly well in the majors. I think it's an opportunity for him in the these three majors that are coming up the rest of the year. And even a guy like Patrick Cantley, who who has uh, been able to win a little more consistently, but um, has yet to get in the winner's circle in 22-23 and uh, certainly has, has the kind of all-around game that you would think would be suited to major championships. And uh, I'll throw another guy in there that I think uh, – you know, look, uh, just a storied amateur career uh, has already won some smaller events, but uh, has now with top tens in, in the last two majors. Victor Hovland is showing that uh, maybe he's starting to realize his potential. Uh, I mean, here's a guy who's one of the top five ball strikers on tour uh, week in and week out. Just uh feel like uh, that that's the type of skill set that should translate well to the majors uh, where, where, you know, a couple under a day is a good score a lot of times. We got Brian Mull with us uh, here. I, I want to I have a couple other questions uh, just with kind of the sport as we kind of enter stretch run. We're out of the Masters now a couple of weeks from that. The events are get, starting to get a little more, uh, uh, you know, where the fields are, are a little more challenging. Uh, the purses are those designated events, as you say. Uh, and this is kind of the kickoff of that push towards the next major this weekend. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in any of that. But uh, as far as um, picks to click, who's going to be in the mix in your mind when we get to Sunday in Charlotte? Well, I think you have to start with Rory. He's, you know, he, he's the favorite. He's proven that he can play this golf course and I think um, is really looking to rinse the bad taste of Augusta out of his mouth. So I, I would certainly expect him to be near the top. Um, I like Hovland this week. Uh, you know, he, he had uh, he's had a number of good finishes. Uh, he was the first round leader in Hilton Head, then fell off a little bit the last couple of days. But I think his ball striking uh, over you know, over the course of four days, I think he will be in the mix as well. And then another guy like is Keith Mitchell, uh, maybe a little more under the radar. He, he's had some success on this golf course. He may be the best driver on tour when you combine his length with his accuracy. And uh, that, that's really a weapon at, at Quail Hollow. So uh, it, it should be great. You know, I mean, this, this, this tournament has really identified some major championship caliber winners through the years, and I would expect that to be the case again uh, come Sunday afternoon. What kind of uh, field are we going to have for the Byron Nelson next week? I, I think we'll have the Texas guys. Um, you know, Spieth, I think, will probably play being a Dallas native and resident. <clears throat> um, you know, you'll have a handful of guys, maybe some of the Europeans who are already over in in the States who, who just want another week to tune up. But w- really, when you look at <clears> – <throat> Climate, grass, conditions, you couldn't really have a worse prep for Rochester where the the golf course, where it's going to be wet. Um, They've had a very wet spring up in upstate New York and, um, you know, different types of grass, obviously, and just a really different test. So I I don't think we'll see – I I haven't seen the field list. It'll be out Friday afternoon late, but I I don't think we'll see a ton of – the top players, um, you know, many of whom have played a, a lot of golf the last two months. Uh, I, I think a lot of them will maybe use next week to to slip on up there to, to Rochester, maybe play a practice round at Oak Hill early or something of that nature. But um, I don't think we'll see too many of them in the Byron Nelson. 
If we don't catch you next week, we're definitely going to get you in a couple weeks because I want to talk. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously get you to preview the PGA. Um, Tiger going to play in two weeks? No. no. Okay. Tiger's, Not Tiger's on. The, <clears throat> he's on the shelf after this latest ankle surgery. Uh, you know, few doctors that ha- have uh, some history with these type of procedures. We're, we're chimed in with some very thoughtful posts and social media and said, you know, look, six months minimum uh, is wow. the rehab for this. And then when you add in all the other, um, you know, that just the structure of his leg and what he's been through, uh, it, it could possibly be even be more like eight, eight or nine months. Um, I, I will honestly be surprised if we see Tiger before the, the parent child tournament in, in December. Uh, that, that he enjoys or he can play with Charlie, with his, yeah, with Charlie yeah. so much, and and I would think if he has a goal, you know, obviously he's a very driven human being, and um, if he has a goal in his rehab, it's probably that, that he can get out and play a couple of rounds in a golf cart uh, with Charlie in that event that he enjoys so much, and then and then maybe uh, you know carry that through the the winter and 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 you know hopefully uh, play Augusta, but um, I, I think it's a it's a short list. His caddy, Joe LaCava, switched bags, you know, went to work full-time for Patrick Cantley this week. Uh, a bit of breaking news. And Charlotte's not often you see the number four player in the world change caddies, but uh, Joe wanted to work full-time. And Patrick and Fred, Fred Couples are buddies. Of course, Joe worked many years for Freddie. And um, that, that'll be an interesting partnership. But I think it also is a kind of a shines a light on, on what Tiger's golfing future is going to be. And it's going to be very, very limited. Brian Mull, follow him on Twitter at BG Mull, golf writer extraordinaire. Uh, Mull, we'll talk to you uh, hopefully next week, if not before the PGA. Okay, Patrick. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. All right. We'll be right back to wrap it up right after this. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P Man here on 94.3 The Game. Okay, we are uh, wrapping it up for the week. There will be no PJ show tomorrow because of uh, baseball. Pirates will open a three-game uh, set at uh, Cincinnati. Five o'clock will be the airtime on night, or be the pitch first pitch time on uh, 94.3 The game airtime of four forty-five with uh, Scotty Scooter Rogers from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, one story I wanted to get to in the first segment, and we did it because I felt we were we were going long in the first segment. Uh, but uh, Alabama fired their baseball coach today, uh, Brad Bohannon, who was hired back in 2018. And if you know, you know, with uh, some of the uh, the things there, uh, I, I guess there was some scuttlebutt that Coach Godwin was in the mix there. I, I'm not, I don't recall 100, percent but. It, it seemed like his name might have been linked to there. Maybe, maybe not. But anyway, Alabama, this was a, way, a ways back, but Alabama baseball, uh, and this is a wild story, uh, fired their coach this morning. It's the same week that Ohio and New Jersey have halted betting on Alabama games. The school, in a statement, said that Bohannon was fired for, quote, among other things, violating the standards, duties, and responsibilities expected of university employees. His firing, Bohannon's firing, comes as investigators had began 
in Ohio and New Jersey uh, after betting on Alabama games was halted earlier in this week because of what regulators saw as suspicious betting activity. Ohio halted action on Alabama games on Monday after information from a state casino commission, which is an independent deal, uh, their integrity board about bets on Alabama's game against LSU last Friday. Tide lost that game to the Tigers 8-6. to Louisiana's Gaming Control Board said that two bets in Cincinnati had altered regulators, alerted regulators in the state, and both of the bets included LSU wins. Uh, ESPN reported that the bets were made at the sports book at the Great American Ballpark in Bohannon and had not been publicly connected to the bets at the time of the firing. New Jersey has followed Ohio with its suspension of Alabama baseball betting, and then Pennsylvania halted betting on Alabama games on Thursday. Uh, the SEC says they're following what's going on here. So what I was told today by someone in this space that is is uh, familiar with covering this and following this at, in other states uh, where they have long since had legalized sports gambling is that they don't put a lot of – they put a cap, if you will, on betting for college baseball because it's a niche sort of sport but apparently the sportsbook in Ohio did not put that cap on there, and that's when the money kind of came rolling in. And, and anyway, you could kind of read between the lines and maybe see where some of this could be going and why Bohannon uh, was relieved of his duties today. He's been the Alabama coach since 2018. He uh, previously was an assistant at Wake Forest at Kentucky and Auburn before getting the head uh, job. One of their coaches, an assistant named Jason Jackson, is going to be the interim coach for Alabama the rest of the year. Um, Bama's playing starting tonight, Vanderbilt in a three-game series. And then apparently a few weeks ago, Bohannon and uh, an athletic trainer and, and someone else at the uh, school were sued. Well, that assistant, Jackson, were sued by a former player over the way the player said they handled his injuries. So it's been a real mess there in Alabama, and this kind of culminates with it here today. Uh, with the firing of Bohannon and this whole deal with the uh, legalized sports gambling. Thanks to Clark Willis. Thanks to Cookie. Uh, thanks to Brian Mull for being with us. Uh, no show tomorrow. We'll have Pirate Baseball. We'll see you in the morning on Talk of the Town. 7 o'clock, 103.7, Talk 96.3. And we'll be back here Monday for the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a safe and great weekend, everybody. Me.